Welcome everybody. Uh, so the last episode we were in Austin, we're coming back to the UK now. Um, I have the Chief Marketing Officer, Steve Tongish for IQGO and Cambridge-based company um, on for this episode. So the, we're, we're covering everything in the industry. The previous one was about Earth observation. Um, now we're going down subsurface. Um, we have a company specializing in network data sets. Uh, so, Steve, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Um, and without further ado, please, could you give us the elevator pitch for IQGO? Yeah, thanks very much, Will. Thank you, thank you for having us on. Um, I am based in Cambridge, but I'm originally from Denver. So you've got a little bit of cross-pollination going on here. Um, so what does IQGO do? IQGO is a very specialized software company. We do software only. And we write software to help telecommunication and utility network operators plan, design, construct, and operate their networks. We focus on their physical networks and helping them locate and manage and maintain those networks. That was a very succinct elevator pitch. I think you're, you're breaking the record <laughs> for the one that could actually happen in an elevator ride. <laughs> as long as it's clear. <laughs> sure. Okay, so I think you've already actually begun to address the next question, which is what uh, niche do you dominate? So you basically talked about uh, software for physical networks, um, the design, the administration, the maintenance of them. Um, so perhaps then to what degree um, are you dominating that niche? Well, it's a complicated ecosystem. As you can imagine, there are a lot of different players. There's a massive amount of hardware and software. Um, and, and so it, it, we, we fit within that ecosystem. Um, and what's interesting for us as a business is that it's a very, it's a very buoyant industry at the moment. Those industries, because of course, the deployment of fiber networks is is very important, and there's a lot of it happening, both private and public funding, because getting high performance broadband to people is very important, um, people and businesses. Um, and then on the on the electric utility side, there's so much going on with the redesign of the grid to support distributed energy generation, electric vehicles, um, um, solar power, wind power, renewable energy. So it really requires a, a, a real rethink of the grid assets. And so um, it's a very interesting market to be in right now because there's a lot going on, there's investment being made, and there are markets that are making a difference to people's lives as well. Um, having proper broadband communications does improve people's lives um, and also you know redeveloping that that energy network is really important to things like um, you know carbon neutral objectives net zero objectives that that, that all of us have in, including IQGO as a company um, and so we're making a lot of headway in that space um, because traditionally a lot of our competitors um, had very um, um, I would say legacy based uh, large database approaches to managing these. And you can imagine these networks now are very distributed and much more complex, and they need a much more agile solution to approach these more distributed network environments. It almost, you, you know that phrase, selling picks and shovels in a gold rush. Um, it it seems like you have software, you have the shovels um, that will apply to anybody who's who's trying to, to pan for gold or, or dig for gold. Um, and it's not just one kind of network. 
um, it's you know, fiber, it's the, I guess, power lines. Um, it, it almost seems like the, the world is undergoing a huge shift. There's a massive new infrastructure build out just for fiber mm -hmm. um, across you know, the, the Western world. I, I think in the UK, I heard it's one of the, the largest ever engineering projects to push fiber to the premises. Um, for, for the population here. Well, if you th think of these networks, they are kind of in a general sense, a big machine and and they are everywhere. You know, maybe, maybe you've you've seen the analogies of, of these certain kinds of trees or even mushrooms that that spread their tentacles for for miles and miles and miles, many, many square miles. And so you don't see it. It's under the surface, but it's it's integral to the to the whole life cycle. So it is an exciting time. Um, uh, hopefully, we well, we think that this will continue to go for, for quite some time. There is a lot of work still to be done. Plus, once these systems are in place, they have to continue to be maintained and operated. And so our strategy is, is not to help solely with the planning and construction of those networks, but with the ongoing life cycle of the networks, the ongoing operation. So that, that's very important to us. Um, and making sure that we deliver a solution that works across that entire integrated life cycle. And okay, so it's not, not just once and done, you're making sure you hang on to your customers um, after they've, for example, used the software to design the network um, and construct it. Um, you're there for, for the maintenance uh, period as well. And 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 for the future and and the things we we haven't foreseen, what are the other changes? I'm, you know, we're sure, we're certain that these networks won't be static, but I can't predict what's coming next. Yeah, sure. Okay, so I guess uh, approaching um, IQGEO from a slightly different angle now, um, more on the investor um, side. So how much skin in the game do owners and managers of IQGEO have? Um, well, we are a publicly traded company. We are a, a listed um, uh, PLC on the London Stock Exchange, the AIM. And so all of our information about uh, who owns what is all public. Um, certainly, our management team and our, our board and investors do do have a stake in the business, um, and um, and from a from a performance point of view over the last year, um, our share price has done very well. Uh, I think that's a reflection of our business. We set out our our goals. Again, these are all public. Our our, our targets um, and our forecasts, and and we have touch wood um, been achieving those forecasts. And so our our overall performance and and the response from the market has has continued to be quite positive. Yeah, that, that was actually something that stood out to me um, when I began this project um, last year of setting up this global geospatial index. Um, I noticed that IQGEO was the only stock that was going up really, um, whilst the rest of the industry um, was going down. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah. interesting. I, yeah, I think it's a reflection of two things, probably. I, I, I do think we have very good technology and we're taking a, a slightly different approach to our competition, which we may touch on later. Um, but it, again, it's also a reflection of the market and we're, I, I think we're in the right place right now um, with the technology that we have. Sure. Okay, which brings us nicely to the next question. Um, so how are you working backwards from customer needs? Uh, yeah, that's a great question because we're not a big company. We're growing quickly, 
but you know we're we're not tens of thousands of people, and so what I think has made us very successful thus far is our focus on customers and 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 what will be a challenge for IQG going forward is to keep that focus as we grow. And it's something I was just talking to the team about yesterday, actually, um, and and I mentioned to you that before this call, I was working on a proposal where we're reaching out to some of our customers and actually asking them to help us understand their perspective and tell us you know, where their pain points, where their challenges, where their opportunities. Uh, on the broadband side, they're tremendous opportunities. Um, and, and to make sure that, that we continue to understand what our customers and the industry wants to hear and needs to hear. Um, of course, it's complicated, right? Because every business is a little bit different and, and some have, have one priority, um, you know, a slightly different priority than another. But but there are these universal challenges. And so I think as an organization, we have a lot of people who have been through and been involved in very large companies. And we appreciate that we don't want to make the mistake of losing that connection with our customer as we grow. And, and we, we want to stay focused on that. Yeah, I, I think you're continuing the theme really um, from uh, the last interview with uh, SkyFi. Um, where you're taking, making the brave move of putting yourself squarely in front of the customers and, and listening to positive and, and negative feedback. Um, mm. I guess it's the, it, it takes a bit of courage, um, but it's the fastest way to understand um, what you need to do next. Well, and you do your best and you don't always get it right. And um, yeah, so and, and anytime you're working with customers, it's always a partnership. And, and so you, you, you do your very best to make sure that they get what they need. Okay, so one way we can measure if you are giving them um, what they need um, mm -hmm. is the rate of customer growth. So have you got any comments on that? What we have are actually a mix of smaller customers and larger customers. So we had some very big wins um, in 2022. And, and then we, we have kind of two product lines on the broadband side, on the fiber side. We have a, 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 a more shrink-wrapped product that is ideal for smaller network operators. And then we have a, an enterprise product that enables much more customization and integration for the big guys. And so we have kind of a parallel track from a sales point of view where there's, there's greater frequency of the smaller customers that are joining us because it's a shorter sales cycle, um, it's a lower investment. And then we have these uh, fewer but significant from a revenue point of view, larger customers who are making big enterprise investments with us. Yeah, I, I remember last year, I, I mean, I, I, I confess to belonging to a few of those stock forums. Um, there's one in the UK, I think it's called ADVFN, and there was an announcement of some major US um, utility network, but yeah. The initial announcement didn't say what it was, and there was endless debate. Um, yeah. I think eventually you said it was AT and T, and um, I, you know, I feel like this is such a huge customer. Um, and I think you've also announced another large top five um, US utility operator too. So it seems like IQGEO is um, entering into another league. There is some ni really nice momentum with some some big customers, um, and and again, being a publicly held company, we have to be very careful about how we communicate information, and 
and when we make those announcements, what's interesting, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, is that is that those announcements usually come out on something called an RNS reach, which is a, a supplementary news feed for the regulatory news on the London Stock Exchange. Those announcements are within our forecasted projections. So it's important for investors to understand that those aren't exceptional announcements. Those aren't beyond our forecast. Those are an announcements that say, yes, we, we've achieved this and, and, and that's within our, our stated and published forecasts. Um, and so it's just a way of kind of keeping people informed about the fact that we're you know, making progress and that there are significant new customers. Okay, so speaking of leagues and scale, um, we have to talk about Esri Utility Network, okay. um, a competitor. So mm -hmm. what makes you better than them? Um, better. I'm not sure I'd position it quite like that. Well, um, Esri, of course, is a is you know is 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 the is is a very um, uh, respectable, um, responsible, big um, competitor in the industry. They've been around for many many years. Um, we see them primarily in the utility space, as you said, EUN. Um, so in the electric utility space, we see them less in the in the fiber space, although there are um, organizations out there. Typically, Esri has their foundation product, and then on top of that, third-party vendors build solutions. Um, and sometimes those solutions are fairly comprehensive, and sometimes they're, they're point solutions. Um, what makes us different from Esri is that we're a single um, provider. Um, we can support the entire network. Uh, we are also we're not a we don't start from a GIS route. We uh, route we start from a a telecommunication, a fiber operator route, or a electric utility route. And so, what we think is different about what we do is that our network models are completely optimized. So we're not taking a generic GIS environment and putting an electric utility model on top of it. We are building a native electric utility model. And for a whole lot of reasons, from a flexibility point of view, we can very easily change those models. We're highly adaptable. And from a scalability point of view and from an, an operational point of view, and even from a, a technical debt point of view, you're not dealing with multiple vendors and trying to synchronize things together. There's one source that has an optimized model. And so we feel that we we provide a very credible and efficient alternative. Um, also, um, you know, Esri is in the process right now of doing a lot of upgrades to EUN. And the feedback we've gotten there is that that can be a very time consuming, costly process. So we think it's a great opportunity for people to consider a possible alternative to that. Um, sure, yeah. I think it would be good briefly to touch on costs. So are we talking an order of magnitude difference between the costs for an IQGO <clears throat> solution for an equivalent scale network versus EUN or other? I mean, it, yeah, I mean, obviously it, it depends very much on, on, on the size of the customer and what they're doing and what they're integrating. But yes, it, it can be it can be very significant. It can be many millions of dollars difference, um, not to mention the ongoing cost. So um, we have seen seen customers and, and, and spoken to, to people who are talking about multi-year projects with with tens of millions of dollars um, and um, for for an Esri EUN environment. And um, 
you know, so that that's that's a significant investment. Right? And it's worth it's worth considering um, what else is out there and 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 you know what what other approaches are there to uh, to managing these really dynamically changing networks. As as we said in the beginning, the 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 electric utility networks are are going through a major change, um, you know, once in a lifetime change, and um, uh, you know, looking at the tools that you have and making sure you've got the right tools for that process, and for supporting it going forward is is really critical to them. Okay, so this is a real moment um, for IQGEO to try and participate in as many of those conversations um, as possible during those transitions. We think so. Okay. We hope so. Okay, so I'm aware that you've recently acquired Comsoft. What challenges and opportunities have arisen as a result? It, to, to be honest, I mean, to be honest, it's mostly opportunities. Um, uh, the Comsoft team provides automated fiber planning, and they also do some automated planning tools for things like district heating, and, and we're working with them on some electrical planning capabilities as well. Um, so the great thing about the Comsoft acquisition was that it fit perfectly into our lifecycle strategy. So we talked about the fact that it's plan, design, construct, operate, um, and they fit in that planning and design phase really nicely. And um, it allows us to tell a very strong story about supporting that entire lifecycle. And so we've been going through the process right now. And from a marketing point of view, it's been a really interesting exercise because we've been going through the process of talking to both the traditional IQGO customers and saying, hey, now you have this opportunity to expand the life cycle with planning and talking to the Comsoft customers and going, remember when you asked us the question, okay, I have my plan, what do I do now? We can help you with that phase. We can move, we can move those plans on to construction and into operations. So it's been a it's been really a fantastic fit, and the response from both the industry and our customers has been very positive. Mm. I guess another word that investors like to hear is vertical integration. Um, it seems maybe I I think I recall reading that you used to have some sort of a license agreement with Comsoft or or other mm. um, firms to cover the full life cycle, but this is an instance where you've brought this into the business, so you're no longer suffering the um, the middleman fees, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it. It. one of the things about our platform, though, is, is we are a very open platform. We're an open source, open platform, and and so it there's, there's not a lot of pro proprietary um, requirements there, and uh, certainly, since we've acquired Comsoft, when we talk to customers, we will talk to them about the Comsoft Fiber Automated Planning Solution. But if a customer comes to us and says they'd rather use another one, then we're happy to integrate that as well. So we are going to remain open. I mean, naturally, um, you, no one would be surprised that we have a preference for the for the Comsoft Fiber Solution. But we're not going to we're not going to mandate that or require it. Um, people choose solutions for a whole lot of reasons. And um, that's perfectly fine if they want to use an, an alternative. Yeah, sure. Uh, I guess that that's important for yeah maybe potential customers to hear um, that they won't be locked in somehow. Okay, so continuing the acquisition theme, it seems there's a pattern of them in your niche. For example, Hexagon acquiring Intergraph. So should investors think about this possibility for IQGO? 
Oh, that's kind of above my pay grade, Will. Um, and as a publicly traded company, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be in any position to comment on that. Um, you know, we're focused on our business and what we're doing and our growth. Uh, it, 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 we are growing, and that's a huge challenge. And, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure that, like we talked about earlier, that we really stay focused on our customer and our customer needs. And we believe that that these industries like the broad like the broadband fiber industry and 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 like the electric utility industry they really require industry expertise and we have had people come to us and say well why don't you use your technology for doing transport networks or or other kinds of well in theory you could um but we don't have the expertise in those networks you know might we in the future you know maybe i, I don't know but we wouldn't do it without really understanding those environments. And I, I think that's really where we're staying focused. Yeah, I feel like our, our industry is so big and some of the GIS software packages are so general. Mm. Um, maybe what IQGO shows is that just for network data sets, um, you're showing that it's possible to stand up and sustain a whole business just for this one small sub-discipline of um, just the broader geospatial, um, I guess, uh, space. So. I, I think that is really important. Um, and, and, and having a broad, there's nothing wrong with having a broad GIS platform. That's, that's, that's great. It's just not the approach we've chosen, right? We're, we're geospatial experts, but we're really focused on those vertical industries because we feel they are, they are so complex that they require real industry expertise. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why we believe we're successful is because we're not coming in and saying, you know, you can use this, this general GIS and try and put something on top. We're saying we're, we're building that from the ground up for a fiber network or for electric utility, electric utility network. You're showing that I have, I'm, how GIS centric I am. I'm the only way I was able to, to describe you was in terms of a network data set, but actually the message is that you are a fiber optic network utility. So water power network centric. You are those types of businesses first, and then you use geospatial software. Or yeah. I think you're right, Will. I, th I think that's a better way to describe it for us. And and we talk about we talk about network models, right? A fiber right. network model or a or an electric network model. Um, and and it's just really important for us that we have a really flexible, adaptable model. So if if people want to model on, on the fiber side, if they want to model a transmission tower, fine, model a transition a, a, a transmission tower. On the electrical side, if if you need to model a, a, a complex uh, distributed en energy um, uh, environment, great, um, we can do that. But it's 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 understanding what lays behind those networks and the connectivity of those networks. That connectivity has to be there, right? You can't just have a a fiber that you say, okay, that that that's a fiber and a conduit. You know, it has to be connected to something, and and all those fibers have to be connected, and they have to be connected to the house, and and that 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 physical infrastructure is really complicated. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had a some uh, contact, I can say, um, with utility network modeling. Um, probably the last one was at Ashgal in Qatar, 
where I was in the drainage network operations and maintenance uh, team. And uh, where your eyes sort of light up um, in, in this sort of area is upstream, downstream traces yeah. on the network. And you don't have any topology errors. Um, and then you can do all sorts of amazing analysis. Because uh, I was there during COVID. Um, and a way to, uh, I guess, detect COVID outbreaks um, is to sample sewage. Water. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you can do an upstream trace um, to the, the community or, or the set of households um, that might be infected. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's great power once you have um, a proper uh, network model. Well, and, and, and where we kind of made our, where we cut our teeth originally was in mobility. And for precisely that reason, Will, was giving people the tools in the field on tablets and phones to have a network model that isn't just schematic. It is it is intelligent. And so they can do things like upstream traces. So you've got a broken you've got a broken uh, um, fiber cable somewhere. How, how can I trace that back? So in the field, they can, they can do that. Um, and so making sure that that information is available to everyone is is really critical. Uh, yeah, so it's it's and and with that in mind, that's why we think, well, you know, we're not heading to any other industries anytime soon, because first of all, as we talked about, you know, these are really are really um, um, these are industries where there's a lot happening, and and we, and we think we we need that expertise and talent to be able to 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 be customer focused and to give customers what they need. Great. Well, maybe I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, a nice, succinct um, overview of IQGO's offerings. Um, and I think, you know, there's a huge amount of investment just across the Western world um, to catch up with, you know, the likes of South Korea um, to have high speed fiber for the entire population. Um, so it's, it's really good to have um, gotten in touch uh, with a company participating in that. So thanks very much, Steve. Yeah, thank you, Will. It's been a pleasure.